Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our NBA players to watch. So Jalen and I chose two players this season that are on the rise in our opinions. So Jalen, who is one player that you believe is on the rise? Bro, big boy slept on is Julius Randle for the New York Knicks. Now, I understand that the New York Knicks are the biggest meme in the NBA. There's always something going on with the Knicks. But both of my players today are going to be some New York Knicks that are showing some extreme, extreme prowess and upside looking into the future. So New York Knicks, Knicks fans, we're going to start with my first guy in Julius Randle, who is having a very, very interesting season right now. I saw something posted on Twitter a couple of days ago, and it says, it's by NBA Central, if you want to go back there. It's at the NBA Central on Twitter, if you want to check it out. It says, Julius Randle averages more points than Devin Booker, more rebounds than Anthony Davis, and more assists than Luka Doncic. Keep that in perspective for a second. Julius Randle averages 21 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, and 7.2 assists per game. Now, it's only a six-game sample size, so you're, it's always dangerous to hype these type of things up, especially when you're talking about the Knicks. But at the power forward position, that is a crazy stat line. That's on top of the fact that he's shooting – 49.5% from the from the floor itself and he's shooting 50% so far in low attempts from the three point line. This is a guy right now that is playing the power forward position almost better than anybody in the Eastern Conference right now and with guys like Blake Griffin missing games, Pascal Siakam having a down year, the New York Knicks could potentially be having an all-star selected this year at the pace that Julius Randle's playing. So um, scary to put put that kind of thought out there because I don't want to jinx anybody in New York in terms of rooting for this team and, you know, watching Julius Randle play at a high level this season. But so far he is balling out and all of the guys that we are discussing in MVP and all-star conversations, he's performing better than them in one statistical category or another. And he's been doing this for a little while in terms of, putting up great stat lines under the radar, averages 16 points and nine rebounds for his career. So he's a double-double machine that most people don't talk about because he's been in some pretty inept situations with Luke Walton's Lakers, New Orleans before Zion, and, of course, now the Knicks. So shout-out to Julius Randle. Yeah, and Julius Randle is a guy that has been a huge asset to the New York Knicks, and I think that down the line with the new coach and Tom Thibodeau, and then a great supporting cast that could be in the works with guys like R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin on the team. I think New York could really build their team around a guy like Julius Randle. My player to watch is Jeremy Grant of the Detroit Pistons. On a team that's 1-5 right now, I believe the Pistons may have had the steal of free agency. Jeremy Grant's been one of the bright spots of this team. And he's bringing a lot of experience to this young team. And he's having a great start to this year. 
He's averaging 23 points, six rebounds, a steal, and a block. He's shooting 46% from the field and 33% from three. He's scored more than 20 points in five out of the six games that he's played in, including a double-double against the Cavaliers, where he put up 28 points and 10 rebounds. I'm not expecting Jeremy Grant to be the piece that Detroit needs in order to make a playoff run, but what I will tell you is that he is becoming an asset for this team when they do attempt to make a playoff run. I think it's going to take time as we have to see guys like Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey develop into what I believe could become great players for this team and also Blake Griffin staying healthy. I was also really intrigued to see why the Pistons signed Grant because they signed him to a big three-year contract and he was arguably the third option on Denver when he had only averaged 12 points a game last year. And I know this is a small sample size, Jalen, but I feel like the Pistons made a great move signing him. And I expect him to help the Pistons win some games this year. No, I, I think I agree with you in that. I'm not necess- necessarily sure if it was the steal of free agency just because I think the Bogdanovich debacle benefited Atlanta in such a um, over-the-top way, not only just helping them in terms of their backcourt and depth, but also taking away more potential chances and threats from Milwaukee. So I think it was a double whammy there. Um, some will argue that the steal of free agency was just the fact that Milwaukee re-signed Giannis in, in the first place um, because there was a lot of concerns about that, especially when the uh, offseason initially started and we did not hear anything from Giannis Antetokounmpo. But Focusing strictly on Jeremy Grant, um, two things. First thing is, he we we both understood when we talked about the signing that he was an insurance policy for Blake Griffin, who has a significant injury history. We've already seen that going to uh, going to um, going to play, considering that Blake Griffin has a couple of DMPs already. Um, the funny thing about Grant is, and we we discussed this when we discussed a lot of the offseason moves that were taking place. Remember, you mentioned it earlier. This was a guy who passed up on the basically the same exact deal in a lesser role for the Denver Nuggets, ironically, who are struggling themselves. But, you know, that's for another day. When you look at Jeremy Grant's situation and you see what he's doing beyond the Minnesota game to open the season where he only had nine points and three assists, one rebound, He is playing the way I think he wants to play. And this this style of play, the way he's playing, the the usage and different things like that within the time frame that he's playing 36 minutes per game so far this year, it embodies the reasoning that Jeremy may have had as to why he decided to sign with a team like the Pistons. See, for us, we thought, dude, you're, you're leaving a contender to go to the Pistons? Like, for the same bread? Like, it doesn't even, it doesn't, for us, it doesn't add up. But, Ryan, 22.8 points per game on 45% shooting sounds like a good reason to sign for a bag somewhere else. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? We're talking about the last five games in particular. 28 points against Cleveland, 27 points against Atlanta, 27 points against Golden State, 24 points in a big two-point win over Boston, and then a 22-point outing and a, a follow-up loss. But still, I mean, he's balling. 
like you said, he is hooping and he might end up becoming more than just an insurance policy, as you mentioned beforehand, in terms of being a potential future uh, building block, considering this guy is still relatively young. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing with a guy like Jeremy Grant is that when we're talking about insurance policies, we kind of expected him to be that guy because we knew Detroit wasn't going to be a contending team in this Eastern Conference. Jeremy Grant's a guy that has given Detroit the ability to at least begin the piecing together of a team that is ready for a playoff run. I think that right now this team is not ready, especially with Blake Griffin and his injury history. And then we, like I mentioned earlier, the development of guys like Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey. I think time will only tell. I think that with an experienced coach like Dwayne Casey, I think they have the ability to go to the playoffs. But I think the impact of what they will do in the playoffs, if they end up making it this year, I think that's something that we have to see when that time comes. Jalen, who's your second player on the rise? So like I said, uh, it's a very New York Knicks-heavy podcast for me today. I see a lot of upside in these guys right now. And maybe, maybe it's just the fact that they got me a tad bit hype at the fact that they're three and three above teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, the Nets, the Heat, and the Raptors right now. Maybe I'm just feeding a little too into it. But also in an early stage of a season, I feel like it's always safe to try to give New York Knicks fans hope, considering the fact that this is a team that always tends to kind of set the precedent early that they're not going to be a winning basketball team. And three and three in their first six games against I would I would argue relatively quality opponents in let's go down the list the Raptors um tough loss but that was a circumstance I think they were in that game for sure big blowout over the Bucks um hanged in with the 76ers that was rough I mean you can see that obviously the Knicks are getting their victories outside of the outside of the Bucks win they're getting them over teams that like they can handle I think the win over the Pacers the other day was also pretty big but that other guy's going to be R.J. Barrett. Now, I told you beforehand that I told – I think this was on a previous podcast episode where we were discussing guys, like, in the running for most improved player, right? And I felt like R.J. Barrett was a guy in in year two that they were going to, like, try to give the rock to a little bit more. Remember, I was, uh, was referring to the idea of using the Justice Winslow effect of playing a guy who's, you know, between six seven six eight at um, – at point at point guard a little bit and RJ Barrett is a 6'6 guy who pretty rangy and can definitely facilitate and rebounds relatively well for his position and this year he's averaging 17-7 and 3 out 17-7 and 4 almost um he's still struggling from the three point line and that's always going to be RJ's biggest knock um 24% from 3 that is that is rough but 43 percent from two is definitely very um uplifting in terms of looking at him overall if rj barrett ends up being and having the upside of a guy like maybe demar derozan for example but with a better a better handle and a better feel for facilitating i think that's something that the new york knicks can definitely work with and the seven rebounds shows that he can he can rebound relatively well for his position 
which is something that's going to matter a lot in terms of the New York Knicks not only forming an identity, but a style of play this season with a lot of the young guys that they've got going. But there are a lot of stats floating around the internet that says when the young guys, you know, Obi Toppin um, and RJ Barrett primarily are on the floor that this team tends to per- it, they tend to play a little bit better. Manuel quickly is another guy who's been producing relatively well for them. So I think these young guys are going to take the bull by the horn, starting with RJ Barrett and, you know, show why, I mean, a lot of them were top picks. Emmanuel quickly wasn't, but he was a guy who sh- he'd even argue. And I would probably argue next to him probably could have take, been taken a lot earlier in the draft than where he was late in the second, second round. So I think RJ, like I said, I don't want to get New York Knicks fans too hyped, but you guys got two really good pieces here along with Obi Toppin. I think Kevin Knox is starting to get his life together a little. Frank Nilakina is still a all-NBA level defender when healthy. I think you guys got something brewing. I don't know if it's playoffs yet, but you guys got something going. We've been talking about how much of an asset R.J. Barrett is to this team. And I feel like with the ball in his hands more, I feel like he's able to thrive. I also think that pairing him with a guy like Emmanuel quickly, I think that's an underrated backcourt duo for the future. And I think that R.J. Barrett is a guy who has that all-star potential. And I think this season could be the year that R.J. Barrett ends up becoming an all-star for the New York Knicks. My second player on the rise is Christian Wood. Ooh. He had a breakout season with the Pistons last year. And this year, I think he could be an all-star. He's averaging 24 points, 11 rebounds, just over two blocks a game. Christian Wood put up more than 20 points and four blocks in the last game against the Kings. He's an athletic big for the Rockets. He's one of the best shot-blocking centers in the league. He's put up actually more than 20 points in all four of the games that he's played in. And I think he's going to be an asset for the Rockets going forward. And I think that getting a guy like John Wall back is going to be huge for Houston's offensive scheme. But Jalen, more importantly, I have to admit I was wrong about Christian Wood. I yes. should have put I should have put Christian Wood on my centers list. Yes, sir. That that is why, people, you heard the exclamation woohoo from your boy on this side of the podcast, because the first thing I thought of was the top 10 power rankings in the Western Conference. If you haven't heard it already, you should you should totally listen to the rest of this and then go back to those because that series was excellent. So I definitely think you guys should take that a listen. But yes, everything that you're saying, yes, that's what I – dude, th- and I'm not even going to get into Christian Wood's, uh, you know, big story. Um, If you guys want to look into that, you can definitely check it out. If you look into Christian Wood, he is very – very open and humble about what his story situation was in terms of going undrafted um, and then bouncing around the league. There was also a lot of little hiccups in between that, especially in his personal life that makes his story so much bigger than what it is. Like I said, I would definitely suggest people go in and look into it a little bit more because this is a guy that is the definition of a started from the bottom and we're here kind of guy. And for him, that joke does not age 
uh, that, that for him, that joke ages extremely well because over the last five years, this is a guy who has played for five teams in five years while continuously from team to team showing significant upside. So the fact that he is in the position that he is in now, you can tell that he is literally trying to take advantage of the situation presented to him and try to make Houston a long-term home for himself. Something that he has not been able to say about other places like Milwaukee and Philly and places like that over the last couple of seasons. Christian Wood is balling right now. He's in a Western conference where Carl Anthony Towns, I think is going to have a rough year with a lot of his personal circumstances taking place. Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert is a one-sided a, a one side of the ball player. I mean, this is a guy in Christian Wood where if he continues to ball out like this, you could argue that alongside a guy like maybe Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic, Christian Wood might be right in there for the third spot as a Western Conference center selection this year. Like, and I, I feel like at the trajectory he's on, it's not even close. Christian Wood is the real deal, and he's the definition of what a stretch five 2021 big is all about. And he is, like you said, he is balling right now. And I think the more impressive thing is that Christian Wood could be up for most improved player. Facts. And I think that the crazy thing about a guy like Christian Wood is that he could be on a Houston team that, much like Oklahoma City last year, doesn't have high expectations to make the playoffs, doesn't have high expectations to go to the Western Conference Finals. And I think that Christian Wood could end up being an asset on a Rockets team that, as of today, still has James Harden. Mm -hmm. So I think that if he continues his impressive performances this year, I think he will become an all-star. And I think that Christian Wood has the capability of being that third option that the Rockets may need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like I said, everything that you said so far about Christian Wood is upside, upside, upside. Like that's the greatest part about what his game looks like right now, considering the kind of development that he's starting to show. Um, You could argue that he might even be the second best player on the team right now, considering that John Wall, although is healthy now, is still coming off of an Achilles injury and being away from the game for two years. So John Wall still has a bit to show us consistency-wise. You could say that Christian Wood does as well, considering the short sample size, but I think overall right now he's on a really good trajectory where he's playing within his play style. He's not abusing when James Harden is or is not on the court. He is simply playing within the flow of the offense right now. And he's giving, he's giving James and John Wall arguably, arguably the best center targets as pick and roll, pick and pop partners James and John Wall have ever had. Let's go down the list of random guys that either one of those two have had. For John Wall, guys like Jan Mahimi, Mar- Martian Gortat, that's a little different. He was, he was okay. He was all right. But 
you know, that Yon Mahibi one kind of sticks a little. I ain't going to lie to you. And then, if I mean, if you look at James Harden, I mean, Clint Capella, one-dimensional player. Dwight Howard, eh, you know, he, he was a 20-10 and 10 guy still at the time, but, you know, easily a guy that could get played out of games because all of his buckets were predicated within three feet of the basket at the time and still to a certain extent. I mean, if you just really think about it, Christian Wood as an overall center might be the best center pairing with these two guards that either one of them has ever had on their respective teams. I think Christian Wood is going to bring out the best in them, and I think that with the way they facilitate, they're helping bring the best out of him too. Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, who is one player that you believe is on the rise in the NBA? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars, and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.